You can't speak for the others, but you will anyways. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the first place I go to keep my business skills sharp. They offer over 150,000 books on business, finance, planning, and much more. They also have a great selection of fiction that keeps me entertained when I'm just not up for some serious content. I love it because I can buy a book, download it to my iPhone, and listen while running errands or at the gym. Get your free trial at freelancershow.com slash audible. This episode is brought to you by CodeSchool. CodeSchool offers interactive online courses in Ruby, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and iOS. Their courses are fun and interesting and include exercises for the student. To level up your development skills, go to freelancershow.com slash CodeSchool. This episode is brought to you by ProXPN. If you're out and about on public Wi-Fi, you never know who might be listening. With ProXPN, you no longer have to worry. ProXPN is a VPN solution which sends all of your traffic over a secure connection to one of their servers around the world. To sign up, go to ProXPN.com and use the promo code TMTCS, short for Teach Me to Code Screencasts, to get 10% off for life. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 140 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel we have Eric Davis. Hello. Reuven Lerner. Hi everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Just a quick reminder to go check out JS Remote Conf, jsremoteconf.com if you're into JavaScript. It's just an online conference I'm putting on, so you should be able to attend. And we also have a special guest this week, and that's Kai Davis. Hey there, folks. Do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Absolutely. So my name is Kai Davis. I'm an outreach consultant up in Portland, Oregon. So I work with brands and companies that sell products online and help them sell more by identifying influencers and building relationships with them and finding opportunities to expose my clients' products and best content to the influencer's audience. Awesome. We've talked to quite a few people about productized consulting, and that's kind of what we brought you on to talk about, too. And before the show, we were talking, we decided that we might want to do something a little bit different. And it mainly stemmed from Reuven pointing out that he'd like to do something like this, but he doesn't know quite what to do. And so uh, we thought that it might be interesting to, you know, since you help people figure some of this stuff out, maybe help him or us, you know, because I'm sure I have questions and Eric has questions as well, to identify what we can do as products or consulting products or services products or whatever you want to call them. Sounds fabulous. I think that'd be an excellent exercise for us all to go through. And then what I'm hoping is that our listening audience can follow along at home if they're interested in this and figure out maybe some of the things that they can go for. Definitely, definitely. So how would you go about figuring this out for Reuven or for me or for Eric? What I've always found is it's challenging to sort of have the idea of what a productized consulting offering should be spring forward from the forehead from nothing. It's hard to pull something out of the ether. The most valuable way to approach this is really by looking at the past projects that you've done before and finding those similarities, either similarities in audience or in deliverable or in scope or surveying existing customers. So we could start there. Uh, if we want to pick on Reuven, tell me a bit about what your practice is and what a typical project looks like. Uh, it's interesting that you point to a difficult project. So I guess I currently divide my time in about three different ways. One third is doing software development um, you know, on a project basis. Another third is doing consulting for companies, whether it's coming and checking their architecture, optimizing their databases, or, or even being a sort of part-time CTO and leading their development. Uh, and the third third, which is probably about half of my time now, maybe even a little more, is doing training. Train typically in you know, Python, Ruby, Postgres. Mm-hmm. So like a hard project, 
I don't know how many of those would be necessarily hard. Are you talking hard for me or extra value for the client that they would see, like it would be hard for them to do without me? You know, I think that was actually a slip of my tongue. I meant to say like a typical project, not a difficult project. So like an average, uh, a majority of your projects look like X, Y, Z. The main development projects, I'd say, which are probably closer to sort of, I think what we're talking about, I imagine, are people come in with an idea and they want to develop it, or maybe they got a little bit of code and they want to move it forward and develop it forward so that it meets some sort of business need. So whether they need to do an MVP or whether they need to get something ready for launch or for an investment. Well, Ruben, like... Real quick, of the three thirds you've talked about earlier, which one would you rather do? Like, which one do you see yourself doing for the next, uh, say, ten years or so, and enjoying yourself? So, truth be told, like it's it's kind of uh, I, I love doing the training stuff. I really do. And my sort of second favorite thing is actually doing the uh, like CTO consulting, sort of coming in and, and rescuing stuff. Um, I still enjoy the development day to day, but it doesn't get me. Sort of my juice is flowing as much as the others. So the tack I usually take when I think about a productized consulting offering is one of the major benefits to the consultant is it eliminates the need for proposals. And that's what originally drew me to my own productized consulting offerings. I wanted to step away from investing 5, 10, 15 hours in writing a proposal, negotiating it, waiting for the client to get other proposals and go through that whole roller coaster ride. And so I just wanted to set something up with a sales page so the client could read through it and say, hey, this sounds like exactly what I want to do. And there's a buy button or an apply here button. We'll get started. And I was able to rescue that time from uh, that proposal cycle. So that might be an interesting way to approach this too, to see, well, of the offerings you enjoy doing, which ones are pretty standard and which ones do you have to go through a procurement or a proposal process with and would productized consulting help you eliminate that from your whole sales cycle? Yeah. So like the development projects are always proposals and it's annoying and long. And of course the, the percentage of them that I actually get, I don't know, we're probably talking 20 to 40% of them. So it's a lot of work for not necessarily a lot of payback, um, but that's on the development side. I would say on the course side, on the training side, it's quite the opposite, where there's almost no proposals involved, typically because I'm going through another company, although I'm on my way to changing that. But even when I do courses on my own, basically people call me up, they say, hey, can you do this course? We find dates, we're done. And sort of in the middle, I guess, is the you know, CTO consulting type thing, where we have to figure out what is the scope, what are the goals, but there's not much of a proposal involved there. It's usually just sort of writing out what we've discussed on the phone already or in person. In that case, it sounds like the training is an area you really enjoy and that already seems pretty productized. I mean, are there pretty standard trainings or courses that you run through of clients you're grabbing from a bag of two or three standard trainings? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially like my intro Python course. I do the, you know, the three or four day version of that all the time now. I, I would say I could do it in my sleep, except there's sometimes that I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask a question that kind of came to my mind and that is more along the lines of the project. So, you know, somebody comes to you and says, I need this project built, blah, blah, blah. You know, so for in my case, you know, I've built probably a dozen social networks of different kinds for people, you know, and some of them integrate with the more well-known ones like Facebook and Twitter and some of them don't. And so, you know, generally I've just done hourly work on that. And to be honest, and you've kind of pointed this out, I'm tired of chasing hours. So how do you productize something like that? 
so where it's a pretty standard deliverable or a pretty standard abstract deliverable that you customize based on the client's needs? Yeah. How much variance is there from one project to another, either in terms of scope or in terms of hours? Is it like a factor of 10 or a factor of two? It depends a lot on how organized the client is. And mm-hmm. so if they're really well organized and they really know what they want, then it can take, you know, anywhere from two to five times more time if they're a lot less organized. And, you know, I can compensate some for that, but not completely. Mm-hmm. What first comes to my mind in terms of productizing that is it might be that there's a series of different products there that you sell. Uh, I know Brennan Dunn promotes roadmapping sessions as a productized offering, taking the whole discovery process, sort of assessing if the client has their stuff together and is ready to move forward, and just offering that as the first package in a series. And from there, you build trust and move on to the next scope. So maybe there's two or three elements there. The first is just a client discovery roadmap session. It's priced at a fraction of what the full project would be, but it lets you assess, well, do they know what direction they want to head in? Do they have this mapped out? Are they ready to move forward? If they do, great. Now you're able to say, well, hey, let me customize the pricing for you, but here's the standard deliverables. If they don't, then you're able to offer a separate product to them that uh, helps bridge that gap from discovery to implementation. That's a good point because there is four, maybe five client projects I've done in the past where they're all actually different, but looking back at them now, they were all basically centered around building software for like payments, gateways, integration, stuff like that where I would actually build kind of the library that people would call two charge credit cards. And so looking back, they were all pretty standard. Like there was a standard API. There were some differences between them all, but they're all kind of a self-contained deliverable. And in at least three of the cases, I built just that for the client and handed it off. I didn't actually go in their code and plug that library in and make it work. I just basically gave them the library and said, here you go. Your development team can now take this and use it. And so maybe there's something like that for the social networking. Like, you know, maybe you have a, a service for integrating with Facebook with a Ruby app or whatever, or integrating with Twitter with a Ruby app. And you have these different offerings and someone can come to you and pay a set fee, get that set deliverable, which could be off the shelf code plus some custom code. And they do the integration, or maybe you do the integration at an hourly thing on top of it or something. Yeah, the major benefit there being it eliminates a lot of that need for a proposal or the need for hashing out exactly what that offering or that client need is. They're able to come to a page and say, hey, I see this clicks with 95% of what I need. Let's move forward with this and see what that next step is, removing your need to go through that whole proposal roller coaster. Right, yeah, so and it's me, too bad Curtis oh, isn't here because Curtis is doing or has done a lot with WooCommerce, which is it's like a framework plugin for WordPress to do e-commerce stuff. Um, and I've seen a lot of developers have payment gateways or different ways to do a shopping cart or this or that. And they can, you can sell them as like individual, like just drop this plugin in, but you could also sell it as a service of, you know, you you build this certain thing for WooCommerce and, you know, it's a, a packaged service that has a set price. You pay X for this feature, Y for this feature, Z for this feature. And it's not really a proposal. It's more of a, it's like an off the shelf service you're getting. So it's an a la carte solution sort of. Absolutely. I think that's a really convenient way to view productized consulting as a whole. Like I still have custom, call it boutique consulting offerings. I just don't advertise them on my site. But a client is able to come to me and say, well, I want to pick up Kai's website x-ray or Kai's traffic power up and just choose that and start moving forward. And if we determine in the course of the execution of that consulting offering, hey, there's a little more work that we need to do here, or there's an opportunity to add value outside of these standard a la carte offerings, 
then we could move forward into that discussion, a separate statement of work or even a proposal. But with productized consulting, it lets them come in and just pick up what they need right now. And then we could start that conversation later instead of having to recreate that proposal or recreate that really same project every single time. So the savings is all around for everyone, like from my perspective or from, you know, the, the consultant's perspective, I guess from your perspective so far, you basically then, when someone calls you, they have already sort of put themselves into one of your baskets or bins in terms of, I'm interested in your traffic power-up. I'm interested in your website x-ray. Let's talk about how you can do that for me. And so they've already got a sense of the scope. You've told them maybe some, I, I, I haven't seen the, whether the pricing is on the site also, but basically everyone knows what they're getting into. And so, as you said, you don't need to do a proposal, which is great. But I'm sort of curious, how long are these things? Because my impression of productized consulting was that it was always going to be something very small, like maybe a day worth of work, um, not a week or two weeks worth of work. And that is something that is highly repeatable and automatable. And so I wonder how much development can be productized, how much training can be productized, because there's a lot of hands-on, hard-thinking, custom work as opposed to just something you can churn out almost like an assembly line day after day. And that's feedback that I have encountered in a number of places. My personal tack on productized consulting is it's not to be, there's always a benefit if it can be automated or if you can go from, hey, this takes 10 hours to, hey, this takes five hours to execute, but it's not as automated as a pure product itself. I think that the major benefits are eliminating the proposals, getting the client on the same page from the start instead of creating the universe from the get-go, and letting that drive the engagement forward. I know a couple consultants who have multi-week productized consulting offerings. So they come into the organization, they really work on the marketing side of things. It's almost a chief marketing officer in a box. Let's define the strategy and get us going. But the benefit is on their site or in their marketing materials, they've defined what that is from the get-go. It's going to be a two-week engagement. It's going to be X thousand dollars. And at the end, we'll have established these benchmarks and given you these frameworks to move forward with. So basically, if I were to take, let's say, the, the three courses that I teach most often that I think are also in, in greatest demand and not have them on a separate courses page on my website, like put them on the front page and say, this is what I'm offering. These are my products. Plus maybe, you know, a description of CTO for a day or something like that. And then obviously go into greater depth. And I see that on your site also you do that where you have the, the sort of headlines and then people can go in and drill down and find out more and find out pricing and apply. Basically, it's much more a matter of marketing and branding and much less a matter of doing something new or different. In terms of doing something new or different with the offering or inside of the offering, doing something new and different for the client. Right, with each client, where every client calls and like, well, I have X, and you say, well, I can do Y, and they sort of negotiate it. And here, it's more like, I go to Amazon, I want this product, I pay for it, I'm done. And obviously, this is a service business rather than a product business, so there is a difference. But everyone sort of knows what they're getting into and what the scope is, both in terms of price, in terms of time, and in terms of like the statement of work, more or less. Bingo. And that's that major benefit. And I tell you, I really started getting into productized consulting around just over a year ago. Before that, every single project I worked on was a little bit different. I do some, you know, email marketing for one client, social media for another, front end development for a third. And at the end of the month, it always felt like I was spinning my wheels. I had moved one inch in every direction, but I wasn't getting any sustained forward movement. When I switched to productized consulting, it was that same standard scope of work for everyone. And picking on my product, the website x-ray, the first time I executed on it, it took me maybe 15 to 20 hours to generate. Now it takes me between six to eight hours and that quality has gone up. I've executed on that probably 20 to 25 times for clients and I've gotten much better at 
producing that output for them, both in terms of how long it takes and that end quality. So there's a benefit for the consultant in that you can attain mastery in one or a small set of areas just by executing on that same scope of work multiple times. And the client's able to come in and say, oh, wow, he's done this website x-ray 20 times. He probably knows what he's doing by now. Let's work together. If you've gone from 20 hours to do something to six hours to do something, you've basically tripled your billing rate, assuming you've kept the price the same. But of course, if it's a product, then you can raise the price as demand grows. Exactly. And the first time I sold the website x-ray, I think I had priced it at $500 just because I wanted to try it out. I've raised the price now to 949 So there's benefits across the board for the consultant who issues this offering. As you get better at it, you're able to say, well, there's a lot more value for the client here. I'm going to raise the price so it's in line with that value. And at the same time, if it now takes you less time, well, you aren't fighting against yourself. And that's something I've always seen with hourly consulting or hourly billing. As you become more experienced as a consultant, it's going to take you less time to fulfill the project. Well, that means you're going to be getting paid less for the work, even if it's a higher quality of work. And it just never really made sense to me with productized consulting because you're selling that standard outcome or standard deliverable. If it takes you one hour or a hundred hours, at the end of the day, you're still just charging that flat rate for it. So it is similar to a flat rate or a flat fee project, but just by wrapping it up in a bow and presenting it as a single product, it's easier for a client to come and say, oh, hey, he offers these two services. I'll pick one of them and we could start working together. Have have you found... I'm sorry. I say it's like a flat rate or fixed bid project, but you have the scope constraint up front versus, you know, that's always the problem when a client comes to you with a variable scope and you try to fix bid it. But if a productized consultant, it's like, this is the package, this is the box you buy, here's the price for it. And the client either says yes or no. Exactly. And even on top of that, since switching to productized consulting, it's made it so much easier for me to say no. I used to do a little more email marketing work, a little more like paid uh, advertising work. And I get, you know, I get like plus one level here, plus one level there, just barely learning as I move my way forward. Now, when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, Kai, we want to work together. We really need somebody to manage our AdWords campaign. I could say, that's great. I don't do that. This is what I offer. Let's refer you to somebody else who does have those offerings. So I'm able to concentrate my offerings in one area and get better as a consultant in those skill sets. Have you found that as a result of the productizing, you have more people coming to you than before? Like, has this really not only increase, like decrease the overhead that you need in terms of marketing, but increase the number of potential customers coming to you? Drastically, uh, night and day over the last year. When I think back to 2013, I had one client on retainer and every month I had one to two, you know, guest stars come into my universe and we'd work together on a project. Now I have six clients on retainer and two to three one-off projects every month by focusing my offerings just on a small set of products, it's become so much easier to get referrals, to get known for something. If somebody says, well, you know, I really need somebody to do high quality outreach and link building for me. Now people are able to say, hey, I know this consultant, Kai Davis, he has a traffic power up. He'll be able to work perfectly for what you need. It's let me really establish a brand where before my brand was mushy and squishy and not well-defined. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still struggling a little bit with the area of okay so what do I focus on you know what do I choose as my product I mean I think in Reuven's case you know the training kind of lends itself you know you pay x amount travel and I'll show up and I'll train your folks but you know where I'm more focused on the the programming end of things and you know I know he does that part of his business as well how do you identify areas that you can choose for your product that people are going to want I mean should I 
pick a product that's I'll build you a social network or I'll build you a Facebook page or are those not good options for that? Those are perfect options for it. What I found most valuable is just looking at the last year, the last six months of projects mm-hmm. and seeing where there's overlap. If you've built the same, like the same scope social network five or six times, then it's easier to say, well, this is something that people frequently come to me for or a scope of work we frequently agree on. Let me package that up and just say, when somebody comes to me, let me point you at the sales page. And if this looks like what you need, perfect. Let's start moving forward with that project just to, if not completely eliminate proposals, let them see what that scope of work looks like from the start. So they're able to view it as a product with a little customization on the back end instead of, okay, we're going to start from ground zero, go through discovery, go through a proposal and uh, uh, build something brand new. You're so, at least able to give a sense of, mm-hmm. this is what a majority of my clients look for. Does this match what you need? So I could go in and I could say, you know, here's the basically the standard set of features and the cost for a Twitter clone, and here's the standard set of features and the cost for something that looks a bit more like Facebook, and here's the cost and the standard set of features for something that looks like this other thing, and here are the timelines that we usually can commit to, and here's the pricing for each one. Bingo. I think that'd be a great way to approach it. And what I found with productized consulting is, at least in my business, it's been rare that cold traffic shows up and immediately makes a purchase. Usually it's a referral or I go to a networking event or I'm on a show or a podcast and somebody enters my universe, emails me, and then I send them to that page as almost a brochure that I hand them. In your case, it might be the same. Nobody might show up and say, oh, I'm going to purchase this site on scene. But as a lead contacts you, you could just point them to that page and say, read through this. And then let's have a 15-minute Skype conversation to make sure it matches what you need built. So how do I verify that people are going to want or need that? I guess the fact that I've had people pay me to build them in the past is some validation. That's the primary validation that I usually look for. Have people hired me for this before? Can I see where the similarities are and sort of Mm -hmm. draw a line on the paper around it and say, well, hey, this is the product or at least the product I start with. The other primary sense of validation is like Nick does, draft out that marketing copy, put together a sales page, send it to a couple colleagues or even past clients and say, this is a new offering I'm putting together. I'd love your feedback on it. Let's hop on Skype or I'll take you out for coffee and we could chat about it just to see, well, do trusted advisors in my sphere agree that this looks valuable, agree that this is something that they'd purchase? And then from there, stick it up live and start sending traffic to it. I've definitely launched a few productized consulting offerings where nobody really went for it or nobody bought it. In that case, I lost a couple hours of work, maybe a day's worth of work over a month, putting together that sales page and drafting that copy. There wasn't really anything I built or any huge loss there. I developed my skills as a copywriter putting it together. But at the end of the day, if nobody bought it, I'd say, well, hey, it was a good try, but at least I didn't invest tens of thousands of dollars into a product here. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm going to, I've been reworking some ideas I have and I'm going to talk to past clients, you know, see if they're interested, like if this looks valuable and then I'm going to give them like a freebie version of it. So they're going to, you know, give me a bunch of feedback and then I'm going to work with them. And in this case, it'd be for a month. And then after that, you know, get, get their feedback, maybe even sell them on the paid one, but start with that. And I might even keep the page, like the sales page and all that stuff hidden on my site and send it directly to leads. So it's all like warm traffic or people that I've already built a bit of trust with or I'm in a sales conversation with, send them there. And then if, you know, those start converting, if people start showing interest there, then that basically proved that, okay, there's value here. People want this. And then I can make it more public and kind of, you know, do the marketing push around it. I think that's a genius way to approach it. 
That's because yeah. I'm a genius. Well, the other <laughs> thing is, is that if there's some base level of things, I've been tempted to get back into screencasting and basically putting videos up on YouTube. And so I could actually demonstrate building out certain features of the product and, you know, draw some traffic that way, you know, refer yeah, and people I mean, back. In your case, if you're, if say we're doing the social network thing for you, I mean, there's, I know there's a few social networky either plugins or full on like, you know, framework apps for Rails. You know, you can do screencasts of how you use those to build the foundation, or you can, you know, have your own custom stuff that you're using, like this is the base you give to every client and walk through how you add a certain feature on that. Like, you know, you take the same base and how you build a Twitter version versus building a Facebook version. And you're basically proving your expertise, but also showing the capabilities and showing that, you know, the client isn't going to get like, I'm starting from complete scratch with your project. It's I'm starting from this huge pre-built, pre-tested, already been used basis of code. So it's like a lot less work up front. And so that might even put you a leg above like someone, like say, if I, if I'm fighting against you as a competitor and I'm doing a completely custom, like the client would have to pay me, you know, a couple thousand to get to the point where you are at day one. Right. And jumping onto that, uh, uh, the idea of content marketing or creating these screencasts, these tutorials around it, once you have that productized consulting offering defined, I think it's very, it's much more easy than it is otherwise to create content, screencasts, tutorials, blog posts, whatever, that address problems people run into while they operate in this problem space. And then you have your product there as that fix. So you could say, hey, if you're trying to set up your own social network here, well, you've probably run into this problem. This is how I approach it. By the way, if you're looking for an expert to tackle this problem for you, I have this product over here. Check out the sales page and apply at the bottom. So you could create this huge library of content that demonstrates your expertise in this niche, in this focused area, and then have the ta-da presenting lead to the product you've defined instead of leading to a vague consulting offering at an hourly or a daily rate. Right. So the other thing that I'm going to ask real quick on this is that should I put together its own page? I mean, it should have its own landing page, I can see, but should it have its own website maybe for that offering? Or am I okay just putting it on myname.com slash your social network or something? I think it could go either way. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way there. It sort of comes down to what brand do you want that to be associated under? I made the choice a couple months ago to consolidate all of my consulting and productized offerings under my name as that brand. I know that there's people out there who say, well, I really want this to be under my business's brand or to be a productized consulting offering with its own brand. There's no wrong choice there. It just sets you up for what the future looks like. So I guess the question back to you is, what brand do you want this consulting or these productized offerings to be recognized under? Yeah, that makes sense. I think the answer mm-hmm. for me is under my consulting business just because, you know, or under under one brand because if I decide to do, you know, others that are related to it, then people can come and see, oh, he has this one. Oh, and he's got these other couple things going on. Yeah, it makes it easy for a client to come in and see that ecosystem, see that universe of offerings. I always think about productized consulting as being rungs on a ladder. I have some base level, more affordable products and some higher priced ongoing products. I want to make it easy for a client to come in and say, well, hey, I really want to like read Kai's free email newsletter or read this free article and from there move up to a smaller productized consulting engagement and then to a larger engagement. By having it all under your consulting business's brand and identity, it makes it easy for you to say, well, hey, my content is free. That's rung number one on the ladder. Then maybe I'll have a $200 pre-built product or coaching call or what have you. That's ladder rung number two. And then we'll have the full productized offering as ladder rung number three. 
because they're all under that same focus, it's easy for a client or a customer to say, oh, it makes so much sense. I invested in this more affordable option. We built up trust. I loved working with them. I'll move up to the next option here and then the next option from there. One client becomes multiple engagements instead of a single engagement. Well, is, is that a goal to some degree? Like, I mean, is part of the goal of productized consulting not just making it easier for people to find you and defining things better and reducing the sales cycle, but also to ramp people up to do custom large consulting engagements? I think being aware of how your productized offerings fit together should be a goal from the start. In my case, I've defined the top of my funnel as my ongoing monthly uh, traffic power-up outreach and link building service. So with every person that encounters me online, my goal is to build trust with them through a smaller productized offering and then move them up the ladder to that as the final destination. But just thinking about, well, ideally, what project do I want to be working on with my clients that produces the most revenue or is the most exciting to work on? And what similar products can I offer that lead up to that and establish trust. Maybe it's a roadmapping session where you come in through Skype or face-to-face and help them identify what the problems are and what they need to do to get past the problems. Maybe it's a smaller productized offering or a report where you're able to say, hey, here's a strategy, here's a six-month timeline of how you want to move forward. In any case, just thinking about how different offerings connect together and what that endpoint looks like is a valuable thought exercise to go through. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, going back to Reuven here, let's say that you know, he does that virtual CTO or, you know, CTO on demand thing. And what it really boils down to is giving them some direction, some strategies to consider when building out their own software projects. So he's not necessarily going to be the developer on the project, but he's going to be the guy that comes in and says, hey, you know, you may want to consider these options in order to speed up your site or to make it more mobile friendly or things like that. And so how do you package that up and market it to folks? The marketing is also a big question here because, you know, if you set up such a site and no one ever knows about it, well, oh, well. (laughs) But isn't that a challenge with any type of consulting offering? You could Mm -hmm. hang your shingle out, but if nobody walks by, they won't really know Mm -hmm. you're in business. Yeah. But how do you package that up? Because, you know, they may need a two-hour session or they may need a 10-hour session. Do you just sell the two-hour session and then give them the option to buy more? I think that a good way to approach that is just by thinking about the problems. You could even interview the client to answer this question. Think about the problems that the clients have had that have led them to choose either the two-hour option or a 10-hour option or a longer engagement and see if you could create a productized fix or a productized solution for each one of those problems. Metaphorically, you could think about this as what is the question the client is asking that my productized consulting offering answers? So, Reuven, when it comes to the type of projects you work on, do they fall into like these general buckets, a two-hour engagement, a 10-hour engagement, and then something longer? Or does it look like something else? I mean, the training is a little different, but they typically tend to be, let's say, two to eight hours, like, you know, like two hours to a day at most, or like three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've it- seen some where it's like, they want you to come in and say like every month for like a big, you know, we're, we're planning what we're going to do this month in development. And then I've seen others where they need like not so much a CTO, but more of like a really high lead developer to like run ideas by, like say like the whole team's junior. They just, they don't know what they're doing. Um, and then there's other ones where it's like every week they want you in during planning sessions. So like there are different varieties there. And it could be that, you know, you pick the one you like the most or the one that, you know, you can get the most, like your, your clients would need or they've bought the most, you know, instead of doing them all at once, just pick one and start with that. 
Absolutely. You don't need to offer a solution for every problem that a client could come to you with. You could just say, this is the one I enjoy doing the most. It's what I'm going to hang that shingle out for and direct people to. Maybe it is the smaller two to eight hour engagement, in which case you could say, hey, you get the CTO for a day. I come in, we answer this list of questions. And at the end, you get this list of outcomes or resources. Here's the price. And when somebody approaches you, you could say, well, this is what I'm offering right now. Or we could go through a custom project. I recommend we start with this. Mm-hmm. And just to get back to the marketing thing, so how did you let people know that you were doing these sorts of products that they were now available? Did you take out ads? Did you just blog more? Good question. There were really three strategies I used there. When I launched my first, and even now when I launch a new productized consulting offerings, I email my past clients and say, hey, it was a pleasure working with you. I hope you're doing well. I wanted to let you know I've got a new offering out there. I have a new product to announce. Here's a link to the page. I'd love to hop on Skype or take you out for coffee and chat. So as I work on more projects, I build up almost a congregation of people who've enjoyed working with me, and I could prototype or test my products with them. When I started, it was much. It was a much smaller group of past clients, but even then, it was easy for somebody, for one or two people to say, hey, this looks interesting. Let's work on this project together. I've invested in white labeling my services with other agencies. So just like they might sell a product of, we'll bid you a website for $5,000, I could take one of my services and say, hey, this is how much I'm looking to get for this service. I'd love if you advertised it to your clients, charge whatever you want, you keep the difference. So for doing the sales Mm. outreach to their existing portfolio of people, they can make money for free. And especially in case of a recurring service, I'm saying, hey, you can make 500 a month for literally doing nothing just by telling clients as they complete their website, hey, if you need any SEO work done, we have a product we could offer on that front. The third strategy that's been valuable for me has been content marketing. And I lump podcasting and interviews and guest appearances and blogging and article creation all under content marketing. Just getting out there and saying, hey, these are the type of services I do. This is what I'm proficient in. This is what I'm developing my expertise in has been really effective at reaching audiences and saying, I'd love to work with people. This is how I could help your business grow. Mm-hmm. But that's I think a very that's smart set of strategies. And I think that's an age-old question in consulting of any form, be it per hour, per day, or uh, uh, productized. Well, I've got these skills. I'd love to work with people. How do I reach people and find my next client? Yeah, that's the kind of question that I think we all get from time to time, just from doing the show and talking to people. And I found that as I've gotten more invested in productized consulting and started defining my offering, at first it was, hey, I can help you get more traffic for your website. And now it's more focused on, If you run an e-commerce store and sell products, I could help you make more sales through outreach to influencers. It's been easier for me to market the services I'm providing and connect with the right people. I might be excluding more people from my marketing, but that just makes it easier for me to connect with the right folks. I have a really clear or a more clear positioning statement now than I did a year ago. And so people are able to say, hey, that sounds like exactly what I need, or that's describing my business. I should have a more in-depth conversation with this guy. Very interesting. What's the downside then of productized consulting if there is one? Because really, I just keep hearing how it's amazing. I keep saying, wow, I got to try this. And there's got to be a trade-off, no? I think there absolutely is. The trade-off is if you launch a service too early without making sure it's something you enjoy doing, you might find yourself with five or 10 clients at hand who really want to buy something. And you're like, ah, damn it. I hate selling this thing. Why did I start selling it? So you're lashing yourself to a ship, so to speak. You're saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is the flag in the sand. And at the end of the day, if you if it turns out you don't enjoy doing that, 
you're going to put yourself in an awkward position. Similarly, if you want to be more of a generalist in your approach, I think productized consulting is better for people who want to be a specialist. But if you haven't determined what specialty you want to offer or where you want to focus your time, it gets to be a little hard to offer a consistent productized offering. You might find yourself selling more than you could provide or selling something you don't want to be providing at the end of the day. And that just leaves you in an awkward position. There's a third one and it escaped my mind. I'll see if it comes back to me, but no, there's one more that I thought of. Mm, please. Um, for the most part, and this is both the stuff I'm looking at and also people I've looked at um, who are doing this already, their custom services are, we'll just say $10,000, but their productized consulting are 1000 So in a way to keep their current level of income, they need to sell to a higher volume of clients um, because the dollar amounts are different. And so if you're someone who like really enjoys getting really deep and getting really close to a client and working with maybe only one or two at a time, it's a bit harder because you have to work at a higher volume if you're going to basically replace the income you have already. So it's a, it's it's kind of on that spectrum of custom service versus like you're making widgets in a factory of volume levels. But that's something to think about. And that's also going to mean you're going to have to have maybe some more systems or processes around support or how to handle you know a larger size of client base than you would if you were doing just completely custom stuff. I think that's absolutely right. You do need to sell a little more more often if you're pricing at a fraction of what a typical engagement looks like for you on the non-productized front. So you have to be aware of, I guess, even what the prices communicate to your audience. If a typical engagement for you is $10,000, but you're selling a $500 productized consulting engagement, well, what justifies that $10,000 one? How do those prices all come together? And what does that look like for your positioning as a consultant? Right. I mean, it sounds like, Kai, in your case, that you managed to, I mean, I don't know what you were charging before for things, but it sounds like you've managed to get really efficient and good at doing these productized offering. And so you're taking less time, you're doing more quality, and you're able to raise your rates. Like, that's every consultant's dream. And, and your clients are happier. For me, it definitely has been a victory on all fronts. Just like you're saying, productized consulting has let me earn more money for my time and become more proficient in a set of areas. I feel like I'm a better consultant now than I was a year ago, and I'm able to charge a very significant multiple of what I was charging a year ago. So it's been a win for me. But along the way, I definitely, the first productized consulting offerings I launched with were very different than what they look like now. I've tweaked and tuned both the X-Ray and Power Up based on client feedback and what I enjoyed doing. And at the start, it was definitely a little rougher. I was figuring out some of these policies and procedures and what the final reports look like as I moved forward. So for anybody who's considering launching a productized consulting offering, it definitely grows over time. Just like launching a product, version one is very different than version three or version four. With a productized consulting offering, I think it does grow over time as you grow as a consultant and your clients provide feedback to you. Mm -hmm. And how do you get that feedback? Do you ask them? I actively solicit it. At the end of a project, I'll ask the client like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm always trying to improve my practice and my business. I'd love to know how could I have made this better? How could it have better met your needs? And even at the start of an engagement, I send every client a questionnaire. And one of the questions is, hey, tell me, what could I do above and beyond what's listed in the sales page or the scope of work to make this a home run for you? So I'm able to understand the client expectations, what the client's needs are, and constantly tune. If I see four clients come in that all have that same home run statement, I'm able to say, well, hey, that's something that I should either add to this offering or call out more and make my offering more responsive to what the client's needs are. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to step back just for a second. What are some of the the must-dos? So let's say I've, 
I've defined the product. I've defined kind of the, the pricing and, you know, what people are going to get for their money. And, you know, it turns out to be a good deal. And I think people want it. I mean, what do I do next? You know, what strategies are there for making it all work? You know, do you build systems? Is that the next step? Or do you get your landing page up? Is that the next step? Or build a mailing list? Or which one's the most important? Which of those and any that I didn't list are kind of the critical ones? I think that once you, let's say you've surveyed your past clients, you say, well, here's an offering. This makes sense. Let's move forward with it. Step one is just, I use Google Docs for this, just drafting out what that standard procedure looks like. So if I was to fill this tomorrow, I do step one, step two, step three. So I'm able to see what it looks like. From there, I'm able to estimate how much time it'll take. Does the price I'm thinking of pricing this at make sense? Is it a decent hourly rate? Once I've defined that SOP and answered those questions, I'll put together a draft of the sales page and send it to a few colleagues and associates in my network to say, hey, does this look like something that makes sense? Then I'll try selling it, or if not selling it, providing it for free to someone in exchange for feedback. So saying, hey, I've got this new thing. I really want to have a case study to share with a future client. Let me do this for you. The only thing I'm going to ask is you give me as much honest feedback as you can. So at that point, I've defined what the steps are. I've set up a sales page or at least drafted it. I've gone through fulfillment once. So I learned what I know about this and what I don't know, what questions I need to answer. And at that point, then I think you as that productized consultant are able to make the page live or send it to past clients and start actively trying to sell it. You've answered those unknown questions. Is this something I'd enjoy doing? What exactly are the steps of doing it? Can I do this well? Or is there anything I don't know that I need to know? And you're in a much better position to start selling it than if you had just sold it from the get-go without validating it. So the other thing that I'm wondering then, because it sounded like you might be in a position where you don't necessarily know everything that you should know in order to be able to deliver whatever. So can you offer productized consulting around something that you don't 100% understand? I think it's possible. I think that just like on any engagement, like let's contrast a productized consulting engagement with more of a free-form proposal-based engagement there might be aspects of that free-form engagement that you haven't mastered yet. The client's asking for A, B, and C. You've done A and B before. You've never done C before. And so part of that engagement is implementing something that's an unknown to you. Similarly, with a productized consulting engagement, you might find yourself saying, well, I've done 75% of this before. 25% is a little unknown. Just by going through those steps of defining the standard operating procedure and fulfilling once for a friend or a colleague, it lets you start identifying, well, what exactly are the steps with this part that I don't understand yet? I'd caution anyone listing against launching a productized consulting engagement that they've never fulfilled before. It sets you up in an awkward position of, well, your sales page is advertising the scope of work. You've never fulfilled the scope of work before. You're going to run into a little more friction there than you would otherwise. So fulfill it once, do a dry run of it, make sure you understand the parts that you aren't an expert at yet. So when it comes time to implement and go through, you're able to say, well, this has been hard before. Now I understand the specific areas I need to pay attention to or be cautious about. And even if you have to just fulfill it once for like a test client or a dummy client, you know, portfolio type thing, you can do that. But yeah, running through the process at least once is really important. And I mean, who knows if you run through it and depending on what kind of deliverable like you have coming out of like that you would give to the client. That could be not necessarily a case study, but like an example or a sample you can give to leads that are coming to you. Bingo. And having that sample is huge. One of the biggest flaws in my productized consulting offerings is that even now, 
I don't have those samples or case studies up on my site. So if somebody buys the website x-ray, there's not a sample up there that they could poke around it and say, oh yeah, this is what this will look like for me. It's something that I know I need to execute on. I just haven't had a chance to put that together for our friend yet. So it's on my list. But having that sample, having that draft to share, I think builds trust with the client and demonstrates your proficiency. They're able to in a sense, touch and hold and feel the product you're selling and say, this seems valuable. This seems like something I want to invest my money in. But man, for consultants, I think the advantages of launching a productized consulting offering outweigh the potential costs. It really does let you focus in on one specific area of your business or one specific audience and offer something laser focused to those people. And In terms of eliminating the proposals, I know that before I offered productized consulting, it might take me 10 hours to put together a proposal. I had something like a 25% success rate. So for every proposal that I closed, I was burning 30 hours of really unpaid time. Having productized consulting offerings available shrunk that gap dramatically. I definitely do spend some time with prospects who end up not purchasing. We'll have a Skype call, we'll email back and forth a couple times, but it's a fraction of the time I'd spend on qualifying or going through discovery with somebody who expected a full proposal. Right. So I have to ask now, we did kind of deviate from the help Reuven find a product that he can <laughs> productize. You know, are there other questions or do you have some ideas now, Reuven? Yeah, yeah, no, I, def- I definitely do. Um, I mean, look, first of all, and here it's a little sticky in terms of uh, like the, the courses. I mean, I could tomorrow put on my website all sorts of courses of productized offering, and I, and I would do it, except for the politics involved of, well, I, I don't want to do it quite yet because I still got the training company I'm working with. So fine, I'll, I'll put that on hold until I break the news to them that I'm leaving them. But in terms of the other things, I, I mean, there it's a little more nebulous, but I do think that I can sit down and find some very clear benefits I can give people. I mean, look, here, here's the thing. Like, some of the people bring me in to say, like, optimize their Postgres databases. Like, that's the sort of thing where I think it would be hard to productize because it could be incredibly small or incredibly large. And so I'm not, I'm a little wary. That sort of reminds me of doing a fixed price product that I've been sort of gun shy from doing for many, many years. But maybe doing like a one day analysis of where they stand and providing a report of here is what I think you've got, here is what you need to think about. That's the sort of thing that I could definitely do in a day that I could definitely price at a standard rate and I think people would be interested in. And the same. And then you would sell them for, the custom service for however much they need. So if it's exactly, a small, small quite, optimization, it's a day. If it's a big one, it's a week. And you'll know going into it that, okay, that this is going to take a bit of time. I need to price more. So it's in a way your productized service is your proposal for the larger project, but you're selling it. Exactly, exactly. And I can see doing that for a few of the technologies with which I have expertise, basically saying, you know, come in, you know, here is what you pay X and you get my analysis. And then you want to keep going with me? That's great. You don't, at least you have an analysis that you can use with someone else. And I think that might provide some value to people without putting me in danger of doing a week-long project for an hour worth of billing. I think that would be an incredibly valuable way to approach it. And just like you're saying, it reduces the risk on both sides. You're able to come in and poke around and say, oh, gee, this is like a really hairy problem. Here's how I recommend you approach it, either through my services or another consultant services. If they decide not to work with you, they're able to take that analysis to anyone else on the planet who's qualified for this project and say, this is what another consultant told us we needed to do. Review this and let us know your price for executing on it. Or they could say, hey, we really want to work with you. We built trust on this first project. Yeah, it's going to be a weak rate for the larger thing, but we've sampled your goods. We understand how you, how we work together. We have so much more trust in you. It's a no-brainer for us to work together. 
Right. I think that'd be an incredibly great way to get started with it. And it's something it sounds like you fulfilled a number of times. So you probably have a pretty in-depth knowledge of the pains these types of clients are coming to you to solve or the language they use to describe their problems, which makes it pretty easy to put together a sales page for this offering. Right. Right. Huh. Very neat. And with services like that, even if you just, you know, metaphorically threw a dart at the board in terms of pricing, after a couple months of fulfilling that type of offering, as you get better at it, as you have those testimonials or validation, that's something where you could definitely increase the price. And it's the same output. It's still a day's worth of work. You get this report, but you have that validation of selling it as a product, say a dozen times. That I think lets you crank up that price a little more, raising your effective hourly rate and still produce the same high quality report for a client. I mean, Very you got to be careful, but I mean, you, that's kind of what I'm, why I'm starting with free. Like you could even start with, you know, let's say you charge a hundred dollars for it and you find it takes you a week. Well, getting a hundred dollars for that week is really, really low compared to your hourly rate, but you're learning, you're basically bootstrapping this new startup. And so you can keep raising the price or you can do it a couple of times and figure out like, okay, out of these five on average, it takes me this long. And there, you now know your cost of it, like how much it's going to cost you to provide it. So you could figure out what to price it based on the value, based on any profit you want to make, whatever. So, I mean, you know, taking kind of a temporary short-term loss at things, it might actually be good for you in the long term. Very yeah, just, just to validate it, to get that sample, to get the testimonial for the product. There's a number of different ways you could approach it to get started with it. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I actually have a good sense of how long it takes to do some of these things. Because I've gone in, I've looked at servers, I've poked around with the configurations, and I know what sorts of things, or I believe I know what sorts of things they want in a, in a report. And I could easily imagine sort of defining it such that it would be a day's worth of work. Huh. And even in terms of that report, I found it's, even with something like the website x-ray I offer where it's pretty standard, I found it valuable on the initial call just to ask the client, like, what questions are you looking to this report to answer? And making sure that I tune it a little bit to answer their specific questions. So in your case, 75 or 80% of the report might be standard from project to project. But just understanding like the specific questions that they're using this to answer lets you tune it and make sure it's a match and evolve that report over time. Right. And I imagine that's part of what you do also. That's how you've managed to become more effective with, say, your, your x-ray service, where probably a lot of the report is boilerplate. And then it's sticking in the particular analysis that you've done that goes along with the descriptions and the explanations. Exactly. I, I think of it as supporting material. So the website x-ray... <laughs> Generally Pardon up, me for insulting your reports. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I, I mean, I think that's a valuable insight that just because I've written an analysis once doesn't mean that it doesn't hold any value. My recommendations for how to build links to the site or tune on-site optimization, well, it might already be something I've created for another client, but it's still valuable for this client here. So like the x-ray might end up being 50 pages. 30 of that might be standard supplemental documents that helps them execute outreach templates, uh, link building templates, uh, suggestions on how to tune their on-site optimization, it's still valuable for the client, but, and it lets me spend more time focused on the analysis and the custom recommendations instead of saying, okay, great, like I have to rewrite this thing I've already created once. Even if I created it six months ago, it's still valuable for the client at hand because it gives them direction. Well, it's just like right. with software. I mean, I've worked with clients where I've told them up front and I have the licensing to do it, but I would give them 50, 80% of the code that I wrote for another client or in another project. And then it's just the extra 20% is the custom stuff they need. And they're more than happy to pay for that because if they didn't get that from me, they'd have to go to someone else and get all, all 100% of it custom. 
And so, I mean, you know, the fact you have a library, you have some, some collection of stuff you can draw on, it's not actually, it's an asset. It's not like actually a problem or something a client's going to get mad about. Exactly. And I tell you, in my case, I've definitely tuned those supplemental documents over time. Every time I put together the x-ray, I'll look through it and say like, oh, I could tune up this section or I've learned something new I could contribute here. So as a knowledge base, it grows over time. And if you think of productized consulting as one step away from pure consulting, well, the next step is a product, be it an informational product or a course, the assets that you build up, the supplemental documents that you start creating as part of your productized consulting offering could down the line become an ebook or a course or something you make available for free or for payment on your website. Maybe it's, hey, these are the 10 major issues I run into doing this optimization. I'll sell this document to your CTO. It's $100. I've compiled this from a 1,000 hours of research I've done on similar projects. I'm sure it'll help give you direction and it just validates your value as a consultant. They read through it and say, this guy knows his stuff. Let's hire him. Or it could even be your marketing, especially if it's supplemental stuff. I mean, that's that's the stuff that you're trying to teach your clients. You can teach them publicly and use it as lead gen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. One other thing that occurs to me is that some of these uh, reports or some of the reports that I've thought about building for people's websites, you know, mobile friendly SEO, all that kind of stuff. A lot of that can be automated Mm -hmm. where, you know, you can either, you know, simulate a device or simply automate certain aspects of it so that it's okay, here's the report. It took this long to load to just to tell people, you know, where their issues might be. It took this long to load. It took this long for the, you know, the JavaScript to run on your website. It took this, you know, I couldn't find a sitemap.xml, you know, whatever. I mean, a lot of that you could write a program to do. And so you might wind up going from productized consulting to a product there where all you're really doing is kind of doing a a once over to make sure that all the information is correct. And I think that raises an interesting question. Is the client with a productized consulting offering, is the client paying you for the time you spent in the chair doing this research or the value you provide to their organization? And more and more, I think, especially in the example you just shared, it's the value that you're providing that they're paying for. Mm -hmm. And it might only take. Oh, sorry. No, and well, I was just going to say, and ultimately the value is, is that then they can go back to whatever they're doing or hire you to go back to whatever they're doing. And, you know, maybe that's your productized consulting where then, you know, they have a strategy to fix their problems. You know, the value is in the solution. It's not necessarily in the report. Yep. Absolutely. It, it moves you further away from selling time for money. It might take you time to fulfill the offering, but the client's expectation isn't, well, I'm paying a thousand dollars for 10 hours of him working on the keyboard. It's I'm paying a thousand dollars for a document or a report that answers my questions and helps my business grow. Right. And on, on the subject of like repetition, it always amazes me. You know, I go into a client and they ask me what to me are very simple, straightforward questions about web architecture. And I give them roughly the same explanation that I give to all of my clients. And they're like, wow, that is so incredibly useful and insightful. And so it's new to them, right? It's old hat to me because I've been doing this for a while. And I guess the same is true for the, you know, the explanations and the supplemental text in these reports, right? Just because you've seen it a hundred times, they've never seen it before. And for them, it's new and, and interesting and has so much value that they're willing to pay a lot of money for it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's about improving that client condition at the end of the day. And it might be drawing from that library, drawing from that knowledge base of documents you've created over time, but it still improves their condition. It helps them know this is what I need to do, or these are answers to the questions that you, just by virtue of working in this industry, are easily able to answer, but it might take them 40 hours of research to really hone in on. Mm -hmm. 
But man, I think productized consulting, I mean, I listened to a couple of previous episodes where you were chatting with different productized consultants and it's a minor reframing of the idea of consulting, but just those minor tweaks in terms of how you position the offerings, how you have that standard scope for clients can have drastic ramifications in how your business operates. Just like we're saying here, it's really moving you away from an hourly consultant or a day rate consultant to an advisor who's providing value. It might take you only an hour of work to provide insight on top of an automated report you generate, but it might be invaluable for the client just to have that insight. You've invested time building this tool and it answers their questions automatically. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions. How about you guys? No, this was very insightful and helpful. And now my only question is, oh my God, when do I have time to change things over? Because I really want to do this soon. So Kai, I I do want to ask one other question. And that is, are there any things that we didn't ask because we didn't think of them? You know, I think we really came through a lot of the questions that different consultants might ask as they get started with this. How do I choose what offering to provide? How do I validate it? How do I make sure it's something I want to do? My hope is at the end of this episode, people are able to say, oh, gee, I really have a framework for getting started with productized consulting. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, then let's go ahead and get to the picks. Awesome. Eric, do you want to start us off with the picks? Sure. So a couple weeks ago, I got a Pebble watch. It's um, a smart watch. It's been out for a while. Um, I was kind of waiting for the Apple watch, but then I you know, heard it's going to be like 300 some odd dollars. And I started thinking, well, if I'm wearing a $300 watch and I'm on a trail running and I fall and break it, that's going to suck. So I ended up getting a Pebble. It's like, I got the cheap one. It's like a hundred bucks just to see if, you know, I'd even wear it. And I actually love it. Like it's, you know, it's not the greatest, it's not the most fancy, but when it's paired up with my iPhone, I can get notifications on it. Even if, if I'm in another room, I can control music. And the big thing for me is my running app that I use has an app for the watch. So I can actually basically replace like a GPS watch with it in my phone. Um, and another great thing is it has like a three to four day battery life, even with all the Bluetooth and all that stuff turned on. So I don't have to worry about charging it every day. So like I said, I've been using it for two or three weeks now and I actually, I absolutely love it. You know, especially if you just want to see if you would even wear a smartwatch, it's a nice low cost step instead of getting like an Apple watch or the higher end ones that are coming out now. Awesome. Uh, Reuven, what are your picks? So I have two picks this week. Number one is I've been running this email list for my community, for my city for, I guess, over 15 years now. And I finally decided that the time had come to just stop. Well, it used to take basically zero time to run my mail server and mailing lists. And over the last number of months, as the number of anti-spam controls you need to deal with has gone up, it's just become not worth it. So my first pick is Google Groups. It's not perfect. It's not amazing. There are a lot of problems with moving people into it, as I've discovered. Yes, moving a 3,000-person email list into Google Groups is fraught with difficulty, including the, shall we say, low technological competency of many of those 3,000 people who, when you tell them to sign up for a new email list, they just don't know what you're talking about. But regardless, I have to say, it seemed like the best of a few different options, and the controls are pretty nice, and it works stably, and I'm finally able to get out of the dealing with spammers and email service business. So that's pick number one. Pick number two is I discovered probably a show that many other people have known for a while, Arrow. It's on Netflix. And wow, what a fun show. So I never would have imagined that I would enjoy a show about the Green Arrow. I was was like, oh, yeah, this was like, I guess, a superhero I never thought much about. But um, the show is done very nicely. It's a lot of fun and is burning up way too much of my time watching Netflix lately. So if you have lots of time to burn because you are doing productized consulting and you are now just sitting around in your piles of cash, 
Arrow is a good show to watch. Anyway, those are my picks for this week. Very nice. I've got a couple of picks. The first one is, since this is the first week in December, this comes out on the second week of December, but we're recording on the first week of December. It's December 2nd today. I've been working on my goals for next year, and I just want to encourage everybody to go and figure out what you want to accomplish next year. If productized consulting is part of that, then uh, go ahead and do it. And if it's not, then figure out what you want to accomplish. Figure out where you want to be. I started doing that. I wound up doing it for the rest of this year at the beginning of last month. And uh, now I'm working on the goals for next year. And I was talking to the guys on the Entrepreneur Programmers podcast, which is a, a show. It's basically a mastermind group with John Sonmez, Josh Earl, Derek Bailey, and myself. And we just talk about business stuff and programming stuff, but mostly business stuff. Anyway, and I showed them my goals and I got a whole bunch of great feedback from those guys. And one of the things that I got from them was a video that John did on YouTube. And it's how I plan my week. And it's terrific. So if you go watch it, he uses Kanban Flow, which is the other pick that I have to manage his week and just stick things in there that, you know, he can then work through. The thing I really like about Kanban Flow is that you can also track Pomodoros on there. And the issue that I've always had with the Pomodoro technique was that I would have my to-do list and then I would have to remember to go from my to-do list to my Pomodoro app or timer on my desk, or notebook, or whatever, and start keeping track. So this is really nice in the sense that it's all built in, so all I have to do is say, I'm working on this task, here's my Pomodoro, and off I go. So anyway, those are my picks. Kai, what are your picks? I've got uh, three I want to share. There are apps that I've started using and playing around with and just absolutely love. The first is uh, Keith Perrick's app, Summit Evergreen. It's a software as a service that lets you create high-quality online courses. So as you move through productized consulting or as you start putting together a collection of blog posts or articles on a topic, Summit Evergreen just lets you drop your content in, drop videos, and drip out the content to subscribers for your course. It's a really great workflow to use it, and it's a really effective way to take content or knowledge you've put together as part of productized consulting offerings or trainings and have people easily sign up and start moving through those trainings. So that's my first pick. My second is Nathan Powell's Nusi, uh, Nusi.com. It lets you create beautiful proposals for your business. I've played around with it, and even though I'm not writing a lot of proposals these days, I love the design of it. It's a really simple application to use, and it makes it easy to create high-quality proposals and send to your clients. So if you care about the branding or the look of the proposals you send out, I think it's worth taking a look at. The third one that I use every single day is Remark by Jeremy Green at Remark, R-E-M-A-R-Q dot I-O. It lets you create beautiful, stunningly formatted documents from a Markdown text file. So I live in Markdown. Everything I write just lives in Markdown in Ulysses. And Remark lets you take that content, drop it in, choose from some pre-created templates, and it spits out a high-quality, stunningly formatted document. I tell you, it's been amazing just to draft up a couple pages of content for a client, drop into Remark, and send them what looks like a professionally designed report. The feedback from clients that I've used these reports with has been stellar. How do you create these things? And they don't know that it's just a Markdown document and a SaaS app. So that one is something I use every single day and absolutely love. So with Remark, can you drop images into it as well? You could add the images like you do in a Markdown document. So using the Markdown syntax and it puts them into the uh, output. So it is possible, easily possible to add images to the report it generates, but you aren't able to like generate a PDF and drop it in and have it do the remark magic on that PDF. 
Am I explaining that well? Yes. You basically like link to the image, but you link where it pulls the image in instead of being like a hyperlink. Yep, exactly. So you could stick the images into Dropbox or in a, a AWS and have it add those images to your final markdown document. Very nice. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Kai. If people want to uh, check out your offerings or get a hold of you and ask questions, what are the best ways to do that? Best way is to visit my website, kaidavis.com, K-A-I-D-A-V-I-S.com. And uh, I'm on a Twitter sabbatical right now, but if they want to get my weekly writing, I have a newsletter I send out every Sunday, a letter from me to you. I write about marketing and business and consulting and a whole range of things. They could sign up for that at kaidavis.com slash newsletter. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. We'll catch everyone next week. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Would you like to join a conversation with the Freelancer Show panelists and their guests? Want to support the show? We have a form that allows you to join the conversation and support the show at the same time. Sign up at freelancershow.com slash forum.